This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. We are officially at the halfway point of the season, Michael. It is the Week 9 Recap Show. I'm your host, Tim Petrov, here with my brother, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, the slightly balding Michael Petrov. We get to have the pleasure of watching the Andrew Dalton on Monday Night Football tonight. As you know, we always watch the game as we record. It's one of the things that we just have to do, but it's also like a little cool wrinkle that we throw into the things. And right now, the game just kicked off as we are kicking off as well. So officially now this game is, is started. We are at the halfway point, Michael. A lot of um, a lot of parody in the NFL this this year. A lot of une- the unexpected... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of busts, a lot of sleepers. It's been a lot of defenses making a big impact. Do you know what? I, I think more so than previous years. Where off, I feel like offense has been on the rise this year. It's defenses that have been making the biggest impacts. Like the Jets and Bills yesterday. We're Jets fans. Obviously, we had a ton of fun watching that game together. The, we're in our glory today. Yeah, but uh, like the Jets defense. Just shut down Josh Allen. Three second half points. Like we've seen that happen this year with defenses taking over games. I feel like more so than we've seen in recent memory. I think if you're gonna have one takeaway of the first half of this fantasy season is that there was no blow away waiver wire guy that everyone was like, blow all your fab bomb, this is the guy, he's the next guy. There's been none of that. There's been no one. Just Ken Walker, but even at that point, he was already over 50% rostered. Right. I think Ken Walker is... Okay, fine. All right. Maybe Ken Walker. And I think Jeff Wilson would still be in that category. He's been useful. And, I mean, we'll be talking about Jeff Wilson later in the show. Yeah, but also the Jeff... I'm talking about, like, like Jeff Wilson is... is, Like, I'm talking about, like, Eli Chris Olave. I think Chris Olave would fit the bill. Do you think so? But no one was. He's been a top their, fifteen receiver. Yeah, but no one's blo- was blowing all their flat fab on Chris Olave. I mean, he was in free agency though. I had him in was the he? waiver column the first like three weeks. Mm, okay, all right, fine. I guess then a, a limited number of difference makers on the waiver wire. Yeah. Usually, you get a, a, a few Wilson, Chris Olaves. He's turning up again. Eh, he's been. He, that's just now. Yep. All right, but I'm saying in the first half, you can't really count as Garrett Wilson. If, if anything, Garrett Wilson is one of the flops of the first half when it comes to that. Um, but not anymore. And we're going to get into that today. 
Um, but before I do, we want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy and want to uh, encourage you to maybe get out there and visit that website and see what you can get for low, low prices here at Brodo Fantasy. Uh, uh, but for real, though, you would help support the show. You would get all all these extra perks, uh, extra episode, tons, tons more access to the Discord. Shout out to our Discord family. And, you know, tons, tons more. And you would be helping us out. You would be uh, giving us one more step towards the goal of, you know, providing this fantasy analysis to you um, as much as we can. So... The more we get to that, and and also, of course, supporting the app. And if you don't have the app already, please go get the app, uh, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. And it's not it's not one of those things where we're trying to trick you into getting something that we're selling or like. There's no, this is literally no risk. Uh, it is a free app, so download it for free. Yep. You know, it's not. <laughs> that's it, really. That's the only. It's free, and it has every stat you need. Literally, what we did was we made an app like this. We have been fantasy analysts right you could say experts for the last six years at the very least we before that we were doing it i was writing i, I was my college newspaper editor i had a fantasy column even when in, in 2008 and 2009 but but we got on the on the microphone about six years ago so for the last six years we've been at least analyzing it that way and we learned over that time and me over the time of you know a span of you know 15 years that what what stats you need to look up and what you need to know, what trends you need to know and how to get those trends and how to get those stats. And those stats are hard to find. You need to open tab after tab after tab after tab and know what website to go to. And it's not like something you can Google either. Um, so we just put it all in one place and uh, you don't even have to go online. It's right in the app. So everything you need, plus, of course, our content and our amazing writing staff and all the things you can possibly want out of a fantasy app. So go download that. That's it. That's all I got to say. Right. That's my pitch. Um, but bef- so it's Monday and everyone knows it ain't a Monday. No, 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 no. Without a little Donnie H. Yeah, yeah. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Tim, you think Deshaun Jackson is going to be the uh, no the I, guy I'm who wins gonna, people millions gonna... in DFS single game slates today? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's high uh, high rostered because of that. He's active for the first time. I mean, everyone's getting uh, everyone's getting excited. Um, all right, so I I mean, honestly, Michael, is, this is your kind of week, man. It's a slow news week. Um, you know, the trade deadline has passed, so you're not going to get any of that. And there wasn't too many big injuries, although there could be one giant, humongous, gigantic league changing injury uh that we're going to be talking about but not too many in terms of uh um you know volume so uh, could be a short segment this week michael how excited are you right now this is this is why i do it folks how are Days you like today how are your loins feeling after a very successful yesterday my loins are feeling great guys michael never ever gets challenges wrong and he gets them right away like, it's kind of crazy. Like, every time there's a play, he on looks at glance. it. On first glance. Yeah, on first glance, no replay. He's like, nah, that was incomplete. Or, nah, that was complete. And Michael doesn't even have, like, crazy good eyesight. He wears glasses. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't really understand how he does it. So, I ask him, like, how do you do that? He's like, it's a, I feel it in my loins. So, uh, Michael's loins were on fire. Even yesterday, yesterday, the Jets were lined up to punt. I was like, fake punt. Let's go. Here we go. And he and said, <laughs> my loins. <laughs> and and they did it. The, their first successful fake punt of the season, I believe. I mean, 100%. (laughs) 
I mean, that's uh, I, that might be their first ever, their first like attempted. Yeah, on the year, on probably. The year. So I mean, Michael's loins have been busy. All right, let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> Josh Allen is first. Oh boy, oh boy. According to ESPN's Chris Mortensen, Allen is being evaluated for damage in his old. Ulnar collateral ligament. UCL, Tommy John surgery type shit. Oh, there you go. And related nerves. Uh Uh-oh. The Bills signal caller is expected to be limited in practice ahead of his week 10 matchup against the Vikings. Against the Jets, you did see him kind of uh, reaching for his arm. Uh, That didn't stop him from uncorking an absolute beautiful right-between-the-numbers bomb to end the game to Gabe Davis that Gabe Davis dropped because Sauce Gardner is the man. Yeah, Twitter doctors are pretty confident that the fact that he was even able to get that throw off means he doesn't have a torn UCL. But they they were also saying that UCLs are different from like MLB pitchers to quarterbacks. It's a completely different way that you throw the ball and that you're able to play through it without getting surgery. I mean, unless it's like completely torn and just like he doesn't even have one anymore in his elbow. It's something that apparently quarterbacks can play through if it's like a if it's like a slight tear or something of that sort. I mean, but I guess we'll see. Either way, it's not not ideal. It is the el- throwing elbow of, of Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, and that's the, right now, probably the the leader in the clubhouse for MVP of the league. Unless leader you... in the clubhouse? Bro, don't tell me that you don't know the phrase leader in the clubhouse. But leader in the clubhouse for MVP of the league? That phrase makes zero sense. No, it's not. It's not official. He's the leader in the clubhouse. The people who vote are in the club. He's in the leader of the clubhouse. He's the leader of the clubhouse. Bro, you're you're making no sense. You're making no sense. What you are said you? he's the leader of the clubhouse for league MVP. Yes. Leader in the clubhouse. Whatever you say. That's what I said. Leader in the clubhouse. It, it's just it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you're, what clubhouse? We're gonna need to go to the patrons for this one because they're <laughs> gonna they're gonna they're gonna clear this up right away. But um, he's like a leader of the Bills clubhouse. No, you could say. bro, the leader of the clubhouse, the the voters clubhouse. He's the leader in the clubhouse. The clubhouse behind the, leader, the scenes. They haven't voted yet. You could yet. say he is the leader for MVP uh, no. of the voters clubhouse. You can't say he's the leader. You're bugging of the clubhouse for MVP in, vote. Like in the clubhouse nah. in. The, not of the in. patrons are gonna side with me in no they're not You're, and anyone who decides to join the discord just for this <laughs> they're not they're total that i 100 guarantee they're not i would ezekiel yeah, no shit <laughs> too bad you don't have your twin here to, to back you up so that means jason would michael be here jason, saying tim you're bugging hold on, bro hold on this is very brother of us to go on a tangent like this but i will say this michael and jason always use each other twin brothers who literally agree on legit everything they always use each other to confirm their opinions and it's hilarious because we're, we're right they just feel the same way, and they're just it's it's as if Michael's using Michael to, to check Michael. It's you wouldn't do that I, in I, arguments I, you know all what? the time. If you, know you could, what? now that you are now that you are <laughs> now that I I realize what I'm saying. You guys probably know this. Michael and Jason did it to me over and over again for the last four years on a microphone. Five years. Um, Ezekiel Elliott. And we were right more often than not. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott did not practice on Monday. Uh, Jerry Jones says that he expects Elliott to return in week 10, but I think that Jerry Jones secretly has a crush on Ezekiel Elliott, so I don't know if you can believe anything he says. Um, I mean, Zeke is dating his uh, his cousin, so, I mean, his, uh, his just niece. Just making, making things up. Yes, he's not dating his niece. I know. I, you, you, you butchered that, Mike. I said cousin by accident. Uh, should be... I mean... 
if you are playing, let's say Ezekiel Elliott does come back. Obviously, Tony Pollard is coming off a huge game. Yep. So, how do you treat this? If you are the Tony Pollard manager, if you're the Ezekiel Elliott manager, how, how are you treating this if he comes back? I mean, Zeke has been a touchdown-dependent RB2 basically the entire season. And Pollard has been an RB2 flex play as well during that time. I mean, that's how I treat them if they're if Zeke is active again. I mean, Jerry Jones said it's going to be the same. It's going to run through Zeke once he returns. So unless we see something in-game to to make us believe that's not going to be the case, you got to expect that to be the case. Uh, Debo Samuel practiced on Monday with a hamstring. Your boy right here is out with a hamstring right now. Popped it within the fourth play of a doubleheader in which Michael, Jason, the team that we play for uh, in, in football, won two games in a doubleheader yep. um, and took over first place in the league. That's right. So, Holiv, any people out there in fantasy land that might be listening to this trying to steal our ideas and stuff, <laughs> if, are you trying, if you are trying to get it, let us know. We will take on any person, anytime, any place in a podcast versus podcast battle. Absolutely. 100%. Get your five. We'll get Cass. We'll get Matt. You know, get your six, actually, because we play six on six. Get your. We'll get Cass, Matt, and we got to add Johnny because, you know, he's part of the bros, and he yelled, Sneed, for the first year. Sneed. That's our six. All right. Uh, David Njoku said he's playing in week 10 against the Dolphins. Are you playing him right when he gets back? Ain't no joke about it. I mean, the way the tight end landscape is, if you have Njoku, um, you probably don't have many other better tight end options on your team so it's very very team dependent like i'm not going to play him over one of the top five six seven guys but otherwise i'd probably insert him right back into my lineup with the way he was uh he was trending before the injury so extremely surprising news out of the colts is that they fire their head coach frank right i don't think it's really surprising i mean the follow-up to the firing yes is surprising thank you for uh thank you for Anytime. Cutting me off right in the middle and Don't then giving it. away the ending. Um, and then they hire Jeff Saturday, who has no coaching experience whatsoever, if I'm not mistaken. And is currently a personality on ESPN that's, you know, pretty good. But now he's the head coach of the Colts in the middle of the season. And, uh, huh? And nobody on the Colts staff has ever called plays. Ever. I mean, if this if I, I said this the other the uh, like when it happened, like this has tank job written all over it. I think confirmed tank job. Like, is there any doubt that this is a tank job? I mean, once they named Sam Ellinger QB, I think they decided they were going to tank this season. One thousand percent. I mean, as bad as Matt Ryan is, he's clearly an upgrade from Sam Ellinger. Roquan Smith just uh, stopped Alvin Kamara on, a, on third down, making his presence known right away. Welcome to Baltimore. Welcome to Bro- Baltimore, Roquan Smith. He's he's a, such the perfect match for the Baltimore Ravens. So it's perfect. Him and uh, Patrick Queen is quite the linebacker tandem. Um, I don't even know how to approach the Colts at this point. Like I just don't want any players on the Colts. We'll talk more about some Colts players later on. Uh, Romeo Dubs, after he looked like he was gaining some traction, he was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out four to six weeks, which... You know, in all, in, in all, you're not going to play Romeo Dubs off an injury in week 14 in the playoffs, probably. Oh, man. Ro- so. Whoever, the teams that roster Romeo Dubs, he just did them a favor. Now they don't have to 
question if they have to play him every yeah, week. Yeah, that uh, that's that's cold, man. No offense, fantasy wise, <laughs> like I hope he heals and you know he has a good career. <laughs> but fantasy wise, if you were starting Romeo Dubs, it's not ideal to begin with. Now you don't even have to worry about questioning if you should start him or not. Uh, t- uh, good news for Aaron Jones, who left the game this week. A- Adam Schefter reports that the test came back negative on Aaron Jones's injured ankle. Uh, his practice status will be the key to monitor, obviously. But it looks like good news for Aaron Jones in terms of a long-term injury. Yep, there you go. And A.J. Dillon, even after Aaron Jones got don't, out. No, 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 no. That's enough. Dude, you didn't send me your That's list this week, I know, so I, I don't didn't. know who, uh, who you're working with. Uh, Sam Darnold's activated. Sam Darnold's activated. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not ans- I'm not saying anything <laughs> about that. All right, that's it. That's all we got. All right, let's go into our saw that coming, the stuff that we did see coming, the stuff that we told you about last week. I got to say, another another good week for the boys at Brodo. Uh, I hope you're listening to the Thursday show because we've been on it. Like, like, Don't get me wrong. We're not perfect by any means, but we've been on it. We've been getting hit. So I hope you guys are listening and uh, taking you know the advice, and it's working for you, and you're winning. Agreed. Michael, who's your first uh, – who's your first – Saw that coming. Uh, my first, we saw that coming is what you something that you love to do. Took a page out of your playbook. It's a tandem. Curtis Samuel and Garrett Wilson. I said those were. Uh, I said I was going against the grain a little bit with my choices this week for the Thursday episode. Um, Curtis Samuel and Garrett Wilson were not people talked about too much in regards to having um, being in line for big fantasy weeks this week, and they both did, had a had very solid games. Um, not like league winning games but i mean curtis samuel 16 yard rush three catches 65 yards and a touchdown the touchdown was a super impressive one he caught it in between three guys didn't get touched and then uh got up and walked into the end zone and then garrett wilson against the buffalo bills on nine targets eight catches for 92 yards and seven rushing yards as well he's been getting a lot more involved in the offense and uh once the jets come out of their bye I think he's um he's looking like he's going to be a trustworthy wide receiver three as long as the Jets offense keeps looking the way they have been looking over the past couple of weeks without Brees Hall there anymore because they're definitely uh leaning on Zach Wilson a little bit more and Garrett Wilson who has now played ninety percent of snaps back to back weeks for the first time. Uh, Garrett ninety Wilson, plus. Garrett Wilson's the truth. And we'll be talking about that. Michael mentioned the running backs. We'll be talking about the running backs a little bit later on in the show as well. Um, my first saw that coming. I'm going to start a little negative. That's all right. I'm just going to go for it. Gabe Davis and Isaiah Pacheco. These guys were two guys that I told you to sit at all costs. And usually, like I said in the, in the episode, I don't really like the stock down segment because I hate giving people like I like people giving I like people giving people advice on, on guys who can succeed. I hate people telling to sit guys because then I feel so guilty if I tell them to sit the wrong guy. But I was all like, yo, you need to sit Gabe Davis and you need to sit Isaiah Pacheco. And uh, neither of them did anything. Uh, Gabe Davis only had two catches for 33 yards. Isaiah Pacheco had five touches. And, you know, I gave you the reasons why. I don't want to go over it again. But the the Jets' secondary continues to be – I think they finally are getting the recognition they deserve now after shutting down Josh Allen. But they've been some of the – the, uh, the best secondary duo in the entire NFL. There's been no one better than Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. And uh, like I said, I think if it comes down to it, they're so good that they're going to shut down one of the options. And another thing, I don't want to pat myself on the back too hard here, but this is the segment to do so. Um, this Jets defense was 
is a very good defense, and they I think they did expose something in the a weakness in the Bills. The Bills have the same weakness they had last year. Uh, they didn't really make any upgrades on the offense. They expect James, you know, the Naheem Hines or James Cook could be this upgrade on the offense. They didn't really. They they're coming back with the exact same offense as last year, and they have the exact same problem. They're one dimensional. They can't run the ball when they need to, and they rely too much on Josh Allen to make an amazing play, and they rely too much on Stephon Diggs. And when you can kind of control them too. They're vulnerable, and what the Jets did was not every team in the league can do this, but they only blitzed Josh Allen twice, twice the whole game. That's the least he's been sacked all game, and it really bothered him having all those guys, but you need to be able to to get pressure, and the Jets were able to get pressure. So if you're a team that can get pressure on Josh Allen, um, you have a chance to beat the mighty Bills that uh, look like they were unstoppable. But uh, that's Gabe. That's on the Gabe Davis side uh, because you, he's up and down. So you have to sit Gabe Davis in situations like this where he's not in good matchups, or else he's going to kill you. Because when he doesn't play well, he kills you. So Gabe Davis is is one of them, and then Isaiah Pacheco, who, again, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but we told you starter does not mean anything in this offense, and it continues to not mean anything. Yep. So uh, yeah, that's my first uh, dual. Saw that coming. Michael, who's your second saw that coming? My second, we saw that coming. Look, I got both uh, um, both those guys right and Curtis Samuel, Garrett Wilson, and my stock downs. I got both right as well. So I named them here, um, Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin. Leonard Fournette had another really bad game. Apparently, if he doesn't find the end zone, he's going to be semi-useless for you. He kind of salvaged his day going 5 for 41 through the air, but nine rush attempts for 19 rushing yards. Bro, what? Single-digit performance in uh, – in fantasy once again and Chris Godwin I said we people need to stop ranking him as if he's like a top 15 wide receiver he hasn't been this year he's more of a wide receiver three or or wide receiver two low end um and this guy saw 10 targets again Tim 10 targets for Chris Godwin exactly what you want seven catches for 36 yards 3.6 yards per target on the day that's just how it's been going for Chris Godwin they've turned him into like I don't know, like the Deontay Johnson of the Bucks, just these low A dot passes or Curtis Samuel type throws. It's been ugly despite all the targets and the yeah, bad bad game from the Tampa Bay offense, even though Tom Brady Tom Brady looked a, a little bit like real Tom Brady again with like forty five seconds left in the game, led a very easy game winning drive with no timeouts, two big passes and then scored the game winner to K dot and um to take down the Rams this past week. Guys, Michael, you were talking about Leonard Fournette. You know, he's been good for fantasy because of what he's been doing through the air. But on the ground, this guy has been absolute dog shit. Yeah, he's been really bad. Uh, Since his 127 yards on the ground, he had 65, 35, negative 3, 56, 63, 19, 24, 19. Now, I don't want to go through the attempts, so let me give you rushed yards per attempt during these games. 2.7, 2.9, negative 1, 4, 3, 2.4, 2.7, 2.1. Disgusting. Yeah. Like, out of the league numbers. And if Rashad White was doing any better, you'd say, yo, yo it's Rashad White's time. It's, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Rashad White sucks too when he plays. So it's not even yeah, like... Rashad White is not, uh, has not made... Too much of an impact. No, and he's and it's, yet. he has the opportunity because Leonard Fournette is fading quickly. But with that being said, go go stash for Sidewife if you still can. Uh, Michael, uh, it's my turn, right? 
Yep. No. Uh, my second is Travis Etienne. Uh, this guy, Travis. Congratulations, man! You got yourself a bell cow back. This is what the Travis Etienne and Brees Hall truthers should right now be rejoicing together, rejoicing. But they're not. But the Travis Etienne truthers are, are definitely out there uh, doing some jumping jacks about uh, their guy finally taking the reins and absolutely dominating again for another week in a row. 106 yards on the ground with two touchdowns, another sick fantasy day, and. Look, they didn't do it in the air. Like I said, they were going to do it, but they did it on the ground. They didn't need to do it through the air. Uh, Trevor Lawrence again. I don't know, man. Trevor Lawrence is, uh, I don't know. I don't see it. I mean, they were down 17 zip and won the game. Yeah. Like a lot of dinks, a lot of dunks. I guess those count. Those counts too. Uh, Christian Kirk. I'll be talking a little bit about Christian Kirk a little later. Uh, but yeah, my uh, Travis Etienne. Uh, seeing that coming. Seen it coming. All right, Michael, let's get into the ones where it's not so kind, not so nice to us. It's the surprise. Surprise. Surprise, motherfucker. Isaiah, Isaiah Likely. Likely. Touchdown, Isaiah there Likely. Man. You know, the Saints were uh, 32nd in true matchup rank against the tight end. But the Ravens just know how to use tight ends, man. Yeah, they really do. Man. Isaiah so Likely sad. just made a lot of a lot of fantasy managers happy. Yeah, I actually started. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. I actually started Isaiah Likely in the flex in one league because I had Travis Kelsey and OD buys, and I was like, "Screw it! I guess I'm going double tight end this week." Well, it worked out. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm pissed because I went with Gerald Everett, but we were talking about Gerald Everett uh, later on. All right, let's get into our surprise, surprise. Actually, let's go right into it. Gerald Everett is my first surprise, surprise. Man, what a disappointing outing for Mr. Gerald Everett after. You're like, yo, he's the he's the guy. He's the guy that they're going to be. And, you know, he had a bunch of targets. He had eight targets, but only five receptions for 36 yards. Really a non-factor in the game. Um, even when they went to him on the big plays, he was covered. Like It wasn't really like he was getting open in any way. Because uh, he went to him in the end zone a couple times. But he was, you know, it, it was shut down. And Gerald Everett, you know, there's guys who can handle being the number one target, guys who can't. I don't think Gerald Everett was really made to be the number one target. But with that being said, you know, as as the weeks go on, maybe these guys come back and Gerald Everett returns. But very, very, very surprising and um, disappointing, poor outing from, I think, a guy who was really being, you know, counted on by a lot of people yeah. this week. So, disappointing. The Chargers passing offense has just not been the same this year. I mean, who could have blamed them after? I mean, they don't have anyone right now. Yeah. Tough. Tough sledding. Yeah. Yeah, my first uh, my first surprise surprised him. It shouldn't be too much of a surprise to see this guy on the list because he just had one of the best games of all time. Joe Mixon. Holy moly. Over 50 fantasy points in half PPR leagues. Uh, 22 rush attempts, 153 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, five targets, four receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Hot damn. Joe Mixon had himself a day. Like, to put it into perspective... DJ Moore has never surpassed four touchdowns in a season. Joe Mixon had five in one game this past week. Oh boy, that's uh that's just a unnecessary low blow, I feel like, Michael. No, it's just saying it's not easy to score touchdowns in the NFL. Obviously it's easier for running backs to what the score five in one game, that's uh not easy to do. And uh look, Joe Mixon has been quite underwhelming this season. The expected opportunity folk out there we're saying that he was due for some touchdown regression, but obviously you can't predict a five-touchdown game. 
I wish I bet on Joe Mixon five touchdowns at like plus. How much do you think that would have been like plus forty thousand or something? <laughs> Maybe even more than that, but you probably can't even bet on that. But either way, yeah, Joe Mixon is my surprise surprise because he. If you have Joe Mixon in your lineup and you didn't win this week, oof, oof. But <laughs> I, mean, I assume like ninety nine percent of people who had Joe Mixon in their lineup won this week. I mean, fifty points from one player is hard to beat. Yes, it's like. It's like three good players. Yeah, unless you have, like, the all-bust team. There's no way you really lose. I mean, I would have beat the Joe Mixon team if I played him in our home league. Michael, the next guy that is a surprise, surprise is someone that I'm really, like, I'm I'm, I'm pissed about, to be honest. Because, tell me more. You know, tell me one more. thing that sucks, one thing that sucks is when the process is right, but you fail. Trust the process. And McCall Hardman. Is my surprise, surprise, and that should have been MVS, man. Should have been you, MVS, my sleeper of the week. It should have been you. I I, I kind of lost my hot streak with tight ends, too. Hunter Henry didn't have a bad, like a terrible game. He had seven points. That's his second best game of the season. But he didn't have the touchdown that I wanted. I'll tell you one thing, though. Miko Hardman has now been a top 30 receiver four straight weeks. I was it's gonna... been uh, semi-fluky on the amount of touches he's been getting, but... It's not a... Thank you, Michael, for, again, cutting me off and making my argument for I him. thought you were done talking about him. Uh, no, uh, of course not. He's just my surprise, surprise, and it, it's clear that he's... The the offense wants to feed him. Uh, you could tell, like, you, he's, a, he's a super athletic dude, and they want to feed him. And, like, look, Marcus Valdez-Kendi got on the field 71% of the time, but he only got one target. McCall Hardman, 54% of the time, but he got 13.2% of the, of the targets here. Nine targets. And he got... He got it, they're scheming for him. They're putting him in the situations that they used to put Tyree Kill in. And I think that he's not Tyree Kill, obviously, but he's getting better and better each week. You know, we've been ragging on McCall Hardman for a while here. And, um, you know, but these guys, they progress. And McCall Hardman looks like the better option over MVS, uh, at least for sure. So Everyone's I mean, a better option over MVS, too. And I should have said been trying to Hardman. tell you for weeks. I'm so pissed. And because, years. Because, and months. You know, an outside wide receiver from the Titans, it was just a, a no-brainer, and I picked the wrong one. Very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. Honorable mention, by the way, uh, before we move on, uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, Devontae Adams, even though we we didn't really talk about Devontae Adams at all, uh, but so it's not like a really a, we didn't see this coming, but I just think I'm, uh, no one saw in general coming. Uh, 32.6 half PPR points. And, uh, you know, he's been shut down. He's been okay. He's, just had, he's had blow-up games, though. In this game uh, against Jacksonville, he did whatever the hell he wanted in the first half. And then they doubled him for the rest of the game, and the the Raiders' offense could not move uh, without him. So, um, Devontae, Well, the Raiders' offense just doesn't throw to Hunter Renfro anymore. It's so confusing to me that they took a guy who caught, like, 90 balls, went over, like, 1,100 yards last year, and they've just... He's just vanished. He just doesn't fit. I know it's a new coach. Yeah, but like, oof. Michael, do you want to hear a crazy stat? Sure. Um, In the entire history of the Raiders, they've only blown 17-point leads going into the fourth quarter. Man, I I, I can't say the stat. I don't don't know it well enough. But let's just put it this way. I know. I kind of – I saw something about what you're saying. They've they've blown 17-point leads three times. Yep. This year, and I think they've done it seven times overall in their entire history. Yeah, only two other teams have done that this year, and they've done it three times themselves. Like it's been, it's been bad. 
It's, it's uh, been real bad. It has not been good. And, and I mean, Derek Carr, when he, when he came out and he had a press conference, he's like, people got to stop thinking the game is over at halftime. I'm like, yo, uh, who are you talking to, man? Who are you talking to? They got you Devontae Adams. All right, they did it. All right, your Fresno State buddy is here. When you can't throw to him, you still suck. So get that together. But Devontae Adams did whatever he want, wanted in the first half and put up a crazy game right off the bat. So uh, shout out to Devontae Adams. All right, Mike, let's get into these stuff. Well, I got one more, man. Oh, shit. Gosh. No, no, no. We're just skipping. You're skipping. <sighs> so no, disrespectful. No one cares. <laughs> my, uh, my second surprise, surprise, Jeff Wilson making a splash, his uh-huh. first game as a Dolphin. Word. Mike McDaniel said, you know the system? You're playing. Uh, 28 snaps, 49% to Raheem Mostert's 27 snaps, which is 47%. So he actually played one more snap than Raheem Mostert did. Nine carries to nine carries, three targets for Jeff Wilson to two targets for Raheem Mostert. And Jeff Wilson was the better back. Raheem Mostert went nine carries for 26 yards and did not have a reception on either of the targets that he saw. And then Jeff Wilson, on the other hand, on nine rushes, went 51 yards, caught all three passes for 21 yards, and scored a touchdown on one of those receptions. So I'm going to be talking about this uh, situation later on, um, so I'm not going to talk much about it now. But shout out Jeff Wilson, just getting to a team and needing no time to acclimate. Uh, All right. Now that you've done and bored everyone to death with your drawl, Drawl. I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point. Now, let's get into the next episode. I mean, the next uh, section. The next segment. category. Segment. Segment. We're like a thesaurus. You've been thesaurized. <laughs> uh, the stock up segment. Who, Whose stock is rising? Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now. Right now, John. The stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John... Our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Michael, get ready to hate me, bro. You're not going to like my first stock rising. It is the one, the only, the man whose stock is rising, whether Michael likes it or not, Mr. Justin Fields. Uh, Justin Fields had himself a day, to say the least, in this game. Only 123 passing yards, which is Michael's uh, big pet peeve for Mr. Justin Fields. But three passing touchdowns. More importantly, 15 yards for a quarterback all-time record. 178 rushing yards, a rush TD, and a rushing two-point conversion. Again, that is the most yards ever by a running back in one... I mean, a, a quarterback in one game. Holy. Play to win the game. Holy Hello. moly, Justin Justin Fields went crazy. Now look, is he accurate? No. Uh, is he a great quarterback in the pocket? No. But what his legs enable him to do is kind of make up for that while he does learn. And at this point, he has a great upcoming schedule coming up. He's got Detroit next week, and he's got Atlanta the week after. Holy mother of holiness. I, I'm going to be starting Justin Fields for the next two weeks. 100%. Well, yeah. When you have a guy who's going to run possibly for 100 yards. I mean, it's just, I mean, this is one of the reasons why so many people think QB scoring should be changed for fantasy. I don't agree um, with that. Because guys like Justin Fields, he throws for 120 yards and puts up a monster performance, albeit he did run for 178. But, I mean, yeah, at this point, Only Justin that. Fields is a QB1. He's been running 
like a madman. Like it's yeah, yeah. I agree. He has been running like a madman. Uh, there's there's nothing else to say about. It. He's been he's been getting better in the in the pocket as well. He's been getting better as a passer. Um, yeah, he, gotta love 123 passing yards. Look, it's not that he's good, but he's getting him better. getting better as a passer just means he hasn't thrown many interceptions recently. Yes, that's what it means. Doesn't mean he's making throws. He still missed a ton of throws last week. I'm just, I'm done with the Justin. There's so many, like, ridiculous humans out there who are taking victory laps about Justin Fields. The guy just threw for 120 yards. I mean, he also ran for a quarterback record amount of yards. Yeah, I know that. But he's a quarterback. You, th- you think that's a sustainable model? No, it's not. But there's you know, a difference between guys like Lamar Jackson, who actually completes passes, and Justin Fields. It's, but it's it's not a sustainable model. But it's enough of he can create offense until he gets better. If and he gets better, yeah. If he gets better, and you have to, and from the progression that he's made, you would assume that he gets better. Michael is a Justin Fields hater. He didn't I like think he's an atrocious of, quarterback. He didn't like him coming out of college. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Give the man his flowers for one week, Michael. Who's your stock up? <laughs> My first stock up, uh, Cordero Patterson returned yeah. from the IR. Um, they said he's they were going to ease him in. And ease him in meant still leading the running backs in snaps, which was nice to see. Caleb Huntley saw 13 snaps. Tyler Algier saw 23. And Cordero Patterson saw 24, only 39% of the snap share. But, I mean, he was the lead guy nonetheless. 13 carries. Algier was closest with 10. Um, and Patterson caught his only reception where he was lined up out wide. And he scored a touchdown. He looked like the best runner on the field, um, as he does when he's running the ball. Um, 13 rushing for 44 yards isn't tremendous, but he did have the uh, he did have two rushing touchdowns on the day. Um, and he had a 45-yarder called back by a holding that um, really didn't really affect the play. Those are, those are the absolute worst when the holding doesn't really affect the play much. But, yeah, Cordero Patterson returned, was an RB1 um, in, in terms of total points. Obviously, the touchdowns buoyed that there. But good matchups coming up with Carolina, Chicago, Washington, and Pitt moving forward before his bye week. So Cordero Patterson looks like he's someone you could just slot right back into your RB2 or flex spot and keep it rolling. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, do you think – this is a little bit of a strange question, but do you think the injury is good for him? Like, do you like, cause last year he definitely slowed down at the end of the year. He's an older guy. Do you think the injury is good for him? Like he took that time off and now he can probably maybe sustain this for the remainder of the season. Yeah. Time will tell. Really no way of knowing. I, I, I'd say no if I had to answer, but who knows? All right, let's get into my second stock up. My second stock up is a guy who has a beautiful upcoming schedule on the horizon and just put up a great game. Thank you, Michael. Um, It is Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, nine targets, eight receptions, 76 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Uh, It's good to see Christian Kirk back in the let's have a great week column. Uh, He did put up a 13.6 against the Giants. Uh, seven receptions for 96 yards, so a good game. But that was sandwiched around a 1.6, 8.8, 15.5. So uh, definitely not the type of output that you were expecting. But now upcoming, he gets Kansas City, a bye, and then Baltimore, who's been a little better uh, in the secondary as of late. They already have a pick against the, the Saints secondary in this game. Uh, they've been better, but still a good matchup. Detroit and then Tennessee. So the next few weeks for... Um, 
for these for Christian Kirk is juicy. And Trevor Lawrence continues to go to him. He is obviously, obviously, obviously the main target in that offense. Trevor Lawrence likes going uh does not like going deep right now. He's more of a dinker and a dunker at the moment. And that is perfect for Mr. Christian Kirk. So Dink Dink Dunk. Uh, Christian Kirk stock is rising. Even though it is, I would still buy now. When do you think trade deadlines? Like, when's the national? Like, when's the, like the default trade deadline? Um, We've had a custom trade deadline for so long. I think it's like next, not this Sunday coming up. I think the next one though is about a oh is about god. when it starts hitting some leagues. I said, "Oh my god!" Because sorry, Lamar Jackson almost made one of the greatest plays in NFL history, uh, but it did not complete. It did not complete. It. He he went down the sideline to. to to uh, Deshaun Jackson after he dropped the ball, pick it back, picked it back up, and was about to run out of bounds. On the run, he chucked it like 40 yards down the sideline, but no dice. All right, let's get into – he's wearing number 15. The Jacks connection, L. Jacks to D. Jacks. All right, let's get into your second stock up, Mike. My second stock up, no surprise here, Tim. If you had to guess a name of a player that I would say on any podcast, who would it be? <laughs> Um, does his name rhyme with Roo Roo Riff Roofter? Close. Juju Smith Schuster. Oh yes. man. Eighty three percent of snaps for Juju and once again led the team led the wide receivers just behind Travis Kelsey, of course, in target percentage. As we've seen every single week since week one. Twelve targets on the day. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes threw a ton last night um in that game. And even though Juju did not find the end zone, if you had him in PPR, he had a great day for you, um, 18.8. And half PPR, 13.8, which is probably going to end up being a top 24 wide receiver on the week. 10 for 88 on those 12 targets. He's just been automatic for uh, for Patrick Mahomes at, over these last three weeks. Like They weren't really connecting too well in the first half of the first half of the season. But over these last three weeks, the connection has just been on point. Like, like I mentioned... Five for five against Buffalo in terms of targets and receptions. Eight, seven for eight in terms of receptions on targets against San Fran. And then 10 for 12 in terms of receptions for targets against Tennessee. Almost every time Patrick Mahomes looks Juju's way, it's ending up in a completed pass right now. And he's been his go-to guy outside of Travis Kelsey. Kadarius Toney didn't play much. He'll probably start getting worked in more. But Juju Smith-Schuster is clearly the wide receiver to have in this offense and over these last three weeks he's really picked it up and like I said the true target value is there it, it was expecting a, a bounce back for Juju it's been three straight weeks of if you have Juju you're happy that you have him and I think it uh continues throughout the rest of the season uh yeah I mean Michael it would not be an episode of Brodo if you didn't say Juju correct uh let's go into my next one my next one is Rondell Moore uh stock going up on Rondell Moore big time and uh another 10 targets Eight catches, only 69 yards, but it's the usage that is really exciting me about Mr. Rondell Moore. And he saw 90% of the snaps last week, 28.6% target share. Uh, right now, Kyler Murray, speaking of dink and dunk, this guy is scared to go down the field at this point. Uh, they don't really have a true down-the-field threat. Uh, Robbie Anderson had negative yards uh, receiving in a second game with the Cardinals. Um DeAndre Hopkins at this point of his career is definitely more of a possession receiver. And then you got Rondell Moore, who's the inside guy. So they're going to keep dinking and dunking in. They're going to keep giving it to Rondell Moore. He's going to keep being a PPR machine. Like, I don't see a time where it stops 
uh, for Rondell Moore because this is just what the offense is. So as long as Rondell Moore is playing in the slot, he is a startable kind of wide receiver three flex guy that you could just count on for 10 points, book it, and maybe he goes higher. But I think that right now Rondell Moore is, is one of those solid guys uh, that you can count on for some fantasy success. Maybe over 10, like 15 in PPR formats. I'd probably be looking to sell Rondell Moore, if I'm being honest. Hmm. Hollywood Brown is going to come back by the time the playoffs roll around. I think around. that helps Rondell. I think that's a ridiculous thing to say. Why? It's not. You think Rondell Moore is going to get 10 targets a game with DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, and Hollywood Brown on the field? You're an absolute madman. I think that he doesn't get 10, but I think that the eight that he does get, seven that he does get, take take out more. I think Zach Ertz is the lost I, person. I will equation. guarantee you. I'll bet you right now. Like, I'll write it down on our bets. First game that Hollywood returns, if Nuke and Ertz are also healthy, Rondell Moore does not see more than five targets. All right, I will bet you that. 1,000 okay. million percent. All right, I'm going to write that down. And a separate bet, Zach Ertz is the one who sees the least targets of the bunch. I'll I'll make that a separate bet, too. Yeah. Okay. I, I hope that comes true. We're going to look back and say, what the hell were we thinking? <laughs> uh, make sure you make a, a note for we made this in week nine and that we were just waiting for it to come to fruition. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, did I give you your last? Uh, no, right? You said no. one more. I still have one more, yeah. I'll yeah, write down this right, bet. But you're writing down these bets. I'll write down this bet. Um, <laughs> so I'm putting Michael on the spot right now. Michael, you must do two things after. at once. Yeah, let me go back to my notes here. My final stock up is TJ Hawkinson, yeah. who did not miss a beat. We nailed that. over to Minnesota. Yeah, we said that. Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect him to have this much of an impact right away. But we said um, in our last Monday episode where we discussed the trade deadline that it's not that Kirk Cousins hasn't been throwing to the tight end. It's just that they haven't been effective, those passes, and that might change here with TJ Hawkinson. And certainly a, a nice start here for Hawk, who saw nine targets and caught all nine balls for 70 yards against Washington, who's uh, one of the better teams in the league against tight ends this season as well. And, uh, look, his bye week has already passed. This is a dynamic passing offense. I think if you have TJ Hawkinson, you could be happy knowing that you have a uh, – Probably a locked-in top seven tight end rest of season and certainly more ups than downs um, compared to his time in, in Detroit. I think it's a, definitely going to be a move that makes TJ Hawkinson managers very happy. As I mentioned on on Thursday, I mean on Monday, no, Thursday? As I mentioned on Thursday, 17%, Michael, 17% target share the tight ends have gotten in Kirk Cousins' time in Minnesota. That is not nothing. That is very not nothing. You give those to TJ Hawkinson and give, instead of giving them to, you know, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph and, you know, so on and so forth, you're going to see the difference. And uh, some people were saying it was a lateral move, but, you know, stock is up because uh, it wasn't. All right, let's go to the stock down segment because we are the masochists that like to finish, <laughs> finish off on a bang. Uh, That's right. The people who we believe stocks are falling Falling. I'm just gonna just become Falling a singer at this point. Your... The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43 percent. Almost everything there completely wiped out, and the Nasdaq, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. All right, Michael. So the first guy that I uh, I'm starting off with here, it hurts. Because this is a guy who started the year off hot 
He was a guy that I liked him during draft season. He's a guy whose stock went through the roof and just has not been putting it on the field for the last few games. And that's Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. Um, after starting the year off with some ridiculous games, 12 targets uh, in the first game for 16 and a half fantasy points, and then another 12 targets and two rushes and touchdowns galore for him in the second game against Washington where he puts up 35. And then he puts up a respectable six receptions for 73 yards, and then the injury hits. You get a zero, you get a 3.8, you get a bye, and then you get a .9, another re-injury that killed you that wasn't actually an injury. Then 10.4 against Miami, okay, and then now 7.5 and half, these are now half point PPR scores, four receptions for 55 yards. And you're coming up on Chicago, the Giants and Buffalo, who's been fantastic pass defenses. It's a tough road right now for Amon Ross St. Brown. And I think it has to do with the fact that it's the Lions offense. The Lions offense as a whole started off so hot and he was a result of that. And hopefully DeAndre Swift, as we mentioned in the in the new segment, uh, they hope to get him some more work next year. I mean, next week. And I hope they do because the more DeAndre Swift there is in that offense, the more Amon Ross St. Brown there is in that offense because they open the field up for each other. I will say this. He still played over 95% of snaps and saw an over 30% target share. So there's that. I mean, he's still Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm not out yet. His stock is just down. Doesn't mean I'm selling. Just to stop Damn, this but not unless, out. Unless you can sell him for like a, I don't know, like a T. Higgins or something like that, like because people still f- see him that way. I think you got to you got to just ride out the wave right now with Amara, but definitely stock down. Uh, Michael, who is your first stock down? Uh, my first stock down is Raheem Mostert. Um, I I mentioned Jeff Wilson earlier, um, so I'm not going to talk about this too much. But Raheem Mostert, who was the guy over the last several weeks they got rid of chase Edmonds. most are looked like he was going to be a workhorse if they did bring in a second back you'd think maybe it was someone who was just going to spell raheem mostert but no they brought in jeff wilson the only guy who probably the only guy in the league who probably would have been able to do what he did to just step into the offense and play the role that they needed him to play like that he out he outplayed and he out snapped raheem mostert Raheem Mostert found the end zone and still only put up 8.6 half PPR fantasy points. He's basically a nothing in the passing game for the most part, and if he's going to be splitting rushing work with Jeff Wilson, he's going to become a very touchdown-dependent option. So Raheem Mostert looked like a guy who had top 15 potential to someone who's now like a real question mark if you're going to be able to trust him from week to week if the – if the usage remains where he's basically an even split with Jeff Wilson. It's a scary proposition. Yeah. Scary, scary proposition. That was that was not the ideal move for he Mostert managers by any means. Um let's go to my second stock down. AJ Dillon. I know. How could the stock be any further down than it already was? It's because he wasn't even good in a game where Aaron Jones got hurt pretty early. Eleven rushes for thirty four yards, four targets for two receptions and ten yards. 5.4 fantasy points, and even if he, even if Aaron Jones does miss time, which it doesn't look like he will, even if he does miss time, you got Dallas, you got Tennessee, you got Philly the next three games. Those are not good matchups, and those are not matchups by any means where I'm feeling confident, Deshaun Jackson with the catch, uh, that I'm feeling confident to start A.J. Dillon in, no matter if the backfield is his or not. Like, I'm just not confident in that. In that. And, if, you know, if you were to tell me earlier in the year, uh, oh, Aaron Jones is hurt and A.J. Dillon gets the back, 
backfield to himself, people will be doing jumping jacks. But even Aaron Rodgers throwing subs at him in press conferences. I don't know if you heard uh, Aaron Rodgers' press conference afterwards. He's like, well, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't usually expect to lead the team in rushing, but, you know, I'm gonna, I guess I got to go out there and make some plays with my legs. That's what he said. And it's like the first thing he said to like, like he's like, yeah, you know, I played shitty and uh, and we left some points out on the field, but also I didn't expect to lead the team in rushing. Hey, hey. Yeah, he's he, this guy. Uh, this guy is not a good advertisement for whatever plant or whatever drug he took that said changed his mind. Not not a good advertisement. Yeah, his career is going down the drain, and he's making terrible choices and speaking to the media. <laughs> uh, Michael. Who is uh, your – oh, anyway, A.J. Dillon, uh, stock down because I don't even know if I want to start him with his own backfield, to be honest. All right, uh, Michael, who's yours? My uh, my second stock down here, Tim, is a running back that is just disappointing, a real headache, and that's DeAndre Swift. Obviously, after week one, he had the monster game, and everyone was like, that's my dynasty RB1, baby. That's why I love DeAndre Swift all this time. Since then, he's been hurt and playing limited snaps or losing the majority of snaps to Jamal Williams. And uh, no one here is questioning DeAndre Swift's capabilities as a NFL running back, but his entire career, he's been in a timeshare, and now he returned against Miami after a three-week absence, a four-week absence, just three games, but there was a bye mixed in there, and he just like rehurts himself apparently and they say he's going to get limited action and that's what happens he only sees 9 snaps two rushes for 10 yards four targets three three receptions for 40 yards nearly found the end zone which would have salvaged his day a little bit but at this point if you have DeAndre Swift how could you possibly trust him to do anything fantasy wise as like a a top 24 back or so if he's not even guaranteed to get even 10 snaps it's just a, an absolute headache and not a position you want to be in like this upcoming week against Chicago Chicago is terrible against the run we know that the whole world knows that but what happens if DeAndre Swift sees four rush attempts and five targets is that someone you want to trust in your fantasy lineup like at this point it's just really really difficult and it's a not a situation I want to be, and I don't have DeAndre Swift as one of my least rostered players this year. I just didn't want to take the chance at his ADP, um, so I'm not dealing with it. But, man, it's not a situation I would want to be dealing with. I will say in fantasy this week, it was very much like the players who have been good were good. The players who have been bad were bad. Uh, I, I feel like it was, a, I guess, a slightly, yeah, I can see that. Like a slightly low-scoring week, though, besides the the just ginormous games that occurred. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's always like that when it's low-volume week. There's, you know, three games missing. That's six, true. Six teams on by. Like, the, the when watching right, Red right. Zone, watching Red Zone, the 4 o'clock window was like... Yeah, two games. Scott Hansen was doing more work than he's ever done in his life. The guy yeah, there were, like, commercials. Yeah, the guy was basically just like... I don't blame him. The guy's just on the TV for five straight hours. And there's two games that are just, like, beyond sucky. The Rams Bucks game was horrible. It was. It was not a good game. And what was the other game? The Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks Cardinals. Yeah, Seahawks I mean the Cardinals. Seahawks offense is fun to watch, but eh. that's about it. They're yeah they're okay. They're fine. Fine, but still. All right. So uh, anyway, Caleb Huntley is my answer here. The long way to get there because, you know, again there wasn't that many guys whose I feel like stocks went down from where they were. There wasn't a lot of guys whose stocks went 
super up either. Um, Caleb Huntley, he was the forgotten man in this backfield. He did get seven rush attempts for 34 yards, and they're going to continue to give him some rush attempts. But, I mean, it's clearly Tyler Algier who had himself a good game, and it was clearly uh, Cordero Patterson who had himself a great game. So, uh, Caleb Huntley, the forgotten man, his stock is down. You could probably – he's 25% rostered right now in, in Yahoo League's probably should uh, be more around 5% rostered at this point. I mean, yeah, if Cordell Patterson's healthy and Tyler Algier is healthy, there's no reason to have Caleb Huntley on your fantasy team. Yep. All right, lastly, Tim, my final stock down. He was my sell high in uh, my article last week. I took over the buy low sell high last week, and it. I, I hope you sold him because it did not get any better this week, and now he has Jeff Saturday as his head coach, and that is Michael Pittman Jr., who I did not like at all at ADP this season. Um, he was being drafted in the second round in high-stakes leagues. I thought that was wild, and he now has three games in a row with under seven half PPR fantasy points against New England, six targets, three receptions, 22 yards. Sam Ellinger is a disaster. This team is a disaster. Apparently, in a in like a press conference that's happening, they said Jeff Saturday said he asked Jim Ursay, "Why am I a candidate for this?" Like, what? Like that's what's happening in Indy right now. Uh, I'm I'm very confused by it all. Bro, but Jim Ursay is out of his fucking mind. He also said that uh, he's he's happy that he has no coaching experience. He's like he doesn't have to deal with what other coaches deal with, and he doesn't have the the you know the experience. Experience. <laughs> he doesn't have to be he doesn't have to be scared about his his opening game and things like that. Like I don't. What? Don't ask me, man. I gotta tell you, that guy Jim Marsey. Look, I'm not. Uh, I gotta be sensitive here. He's not all there. He's not. Uh, he's had a he's had a long history with things that destroy brains. And his brain is destroyed as a result. And you could tell when he's like, I was watching. I know you weren't a fan, but I was watching uh, Colts in season. And it was the, the the dude was like, he would come and they'd give him the game ball. And he'd he'd talk and he'd just blabber nonsense. He'd be blabbering nonsense. And this is the guy making all the decisions. Yeah. This is, this is what happens when a guy who blabbers nonsense makes his decisions. It's not pretty. Um, Scott, I wonder how long uh, Scott Ballard lasts. Time will tell. He said uh, Chris Ballard. He said Ballard's not going anywhere. Mm. We'll see. I don't know how long is Chris Ballard, who's one, probably one of the best executives in the league. How long does he stand for? I gotta have Jeff Saturday as the head coach, who's fresh off the couch and fresh off the chair in ESPN. Like, the, can we can we talk about the fact that like, guys, this dude was an analyst. Now he's the head coach of the Colts. What? Huh? I don't know, man. Doesn't make any sense. Anyway, um, Michael, that's it. Where can they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. At BrotoFF Tim. At BrotoFF Casanova. At BrotoFF Jason. At PsychWardFF. At BrotoFantasy. At FF by Broto. I just nailed that. Boom. BrotoFantasy.com. Fantasy Football by Broto app. Yes. Yes. Yo, Michael, how do you pronounce that sauce that you put on steak with the W? Worcestershire? 